Now, y'all was dancing earlier, and I had to sit in my seat because where I come from, when I dance, it's hard for me to stop. And I don't know if y'all treating your praise like a microwave praise. But if you can look down, take down memory lane and look back at what God has done, it really don't take much. It, it, it's just a thought. It's just a thought. You can just, your hands automatically go up. Your mouth automatically open because he's a great God. Hallelujah. We thank him. We ain't going to take too much time, but we honor the men of God. We honor the house. Amen. Amen. We, amen. It's anniversary time. Amen. You ought to be excited about your house. Amen. You ought to let every visitor know. Let every visitor know that you're in the right place at the right time. So I'm a visitor. Show me that I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm a visitor. You ought to show me I'm in the right place at the right time. Glory. Oh, I see miracles in this room. I see miracles all in this room. Just hearing the testimonies. I almost ran around the building. I almost ran because it wasn't me, but it was you. And if you're my sister or my brother in Christ, I praise God with you. Because if I'm looking for a miracle, if God did it for you, he can do it for me. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Hallelujah. I need everyone to stand up on your feet. We ain't got no dry praise. Everybody clap your hands like this. It's just a call and response. Whatever I say, you just repeat after me. It's a familiar song. Come on. Everybody clap your hands. Come on. Hey, say I don't know what you come to do. You say Victory, victory. 
Put some more power in your hand, clapper. Come on. If you don't want to praise, you don't want to praise. Watch me praise, watch me praise. If you don't want to praise, you don't want to praise. Watch me praise, watch me praise. If you don't want to praise, you don't want to praise. Watch me praise, watch me praise. You don't want to praise him, you don't want to praise. Watch me praise, watch me praise. If you don't want to dance, you don't want to dance. Watch me dance, watch me dance. If you don't want to dance, you don't want to dance. Watch me dance, watch me dance. You don't want to dance, you don't want to Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, clap your hands and watch me, watch me. Sounds like a sanctified church. Watch me, 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 praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, what a praise him, praise him, what a praise him, praise him, lift him, praise him, your hands, praise him, what a lift, praise him, your voice, praise him, he's been good, praise him, he's praise him, big high, praise him, made a way, Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Lord, let's talk. Can we do it again? Oh, I love to praise His holiness. Oh, He's my rock. He's my rock, my rock. My rock, my sword, shield. He's a wheel. He's a wheel. In the middle. In the middle of the wheel. I know Him never. I know Him never. Never. Never let me down. He's just a jewel. He's just a jewel. And I. testify about miracles and it don't stir you up 
so we was at a funeral for my cousin and my dad sung at the funeral my soul is anchored after the funeral he walked outside talking to friends after they dismissed the funeral people was going to the graveyard right when he was talking to one of his good friends he collapsed his heart stopped he died right there on a church parking lot now I'm not saying it to say no he died on a church parking lot after singing my soul is anchored he had no pulse he had no heartbeat and he wasn't breathing he was dead for 20 minutes so if anyone who's in the health field knows if you're gone for such a time no oxygen to the brain if you do wake up you will be a vegetable I'm moving on I promise it ain't gonna take long while he was sitting there on the parking lot it's crazy because people who go to church all the time you'll find out who are real believers and trust God see we read the Bible and we, we talk about miracles but when it comes to believing and watching it for yourself you'll find out who's a doubter so in the midst of saints and friends, you'd be surprised how many people was doubting that he was gone. But it took a few of us that said, I can't just read about it in the Bible and not experience it for myself. Prayer works. We locked arms and we We started praying, thank you God. And when we got on one accord, at this time the paramedics was there Whatever that machine was, uh, I can't think of it. Y'all know what it is. <laughs> he wouldn't move. They kept putting the oxygen thing on his, trying to give him some air. His tongue was sitting out his mouth. They had to rip his shirt open. They was giving him CPR. And then someone said, he's gone. He, he's not coming back. But I had to, me and my brothers had to walk away and go to our own secret place. We went to our secret place and started trusting God and started praying. About time we was walking back when he was laying flat on the ground. When they, when they weren't putting no oxygen over his mouth and they wasn't giving him CPR. When no one was touching him. His body did. I seen his body leap up off the ground when no one was touching him. The paramedics begin to get down on their knees and said, oh my God, what happened? They begin to touch him and then someone said, oh, we got a pulse. Someone said, oh, he's breathing. You can't tell me what God can't do. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. Yes, he is. Ah, yes, he is. Boy, you got a reason to praise him. I ain't gonna stop you. I dare you think on his goodness. Whoa, tell my the whole time. 
He's a miracle worker. Tell one of your neighbors he's a miracle worker. Shut up my toe. Tell him I Oh, come on, I dare you lift your hands and worship him. Because he is a miracle worker. He's a way maker. He's a light in darkness. He's a man regulator. Hey, I'm sorry, the, the Pentecostal boy is coming out. Shut up, I told you. Woo! Shut up. Woo! I'm sorry, I ain't trying to take up too much time. I feel deliverance in this place. I feel miracles in this place. God is healing somebody right now. I feel it in a room. He's touching somebody's heart. He's touching somebody's lungs. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's somebody's been healed for cancer. He tell him I'm told. Run out of my tell out of my we don't need the music. Open up your mouth in the room. Our voices ain't about to hide behind the music. Come on, let it out. I'm sorry, I, I, I was supposed to sing my song, but these testimonies don't stir me up. That's why when she was testifying about her surgery, come on, I had to rejoice because I, hey, look what God did. Man of God dancing right here, I dance with you. I don't judge nobody by their praise because you don't know what they had to go through. Come on, lift your hands. 60 more seconds and I walk off, I promise. Maybe that's what God just wanted me to do, just testify. Just to remind you. If you need a miracle, I heard you. I heard you. If you need a miracle, the God that we serve, I'm talking about before you walk outside these doors, God's going to show you that he's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. Hey, I, I believe it for you. I dare you lift your voice just one more time. Oh, 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 Come on, I dare you hit the inner core, come on. Go to the inner core. Go to the inner core. Go to the inner core. I hear it in the room. It's the sound like this where miracles happen. It's the movement like this when you get exactly what you need. Breakthrough is in the room. Just 60 seconds. Waymaker, miracle worker.
40 more seconds. Thank you, Lord God, for this blessing, for this moment. I just feel a sealer right here. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody just think about the words that were ministered, the song that was ministered right now. That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Let's receive our bishop as he comes at this time in Jesus' name.
This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day, this very day, that the Lord has made. This is the day. This day right now. And only God can make a day. And since God allowed us to be in this day, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Just grateful and thankful for the presence of the Lord. God is here. God's people is here. And I know you can feel God's presence. Amen. We're grateful and thankful that the Lord has allowed you to be here. The scripture says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Amen. And so God has blessed us. And there's so many times people move in crowds, amen, but the Bible said where two or three are gathered together, amen. Sometimes just two or three, not always in the crowd, amen, and God has been so faithful and we're certainly grateful to our singers coming and starting us off, <laughs> musical collections. Just grateful and thankful and certainly appreciate God for who he is. I was talking with Pastor just before I got up. I was asking him about his congregation and they're going through the same thing basically most of us are going through where there have been sickness in his uh, church and deaths. Amen. And that's a challenge sometimes in the congregation, but we move on and we go on. And so we're grateful and thankful that I had to make sure, I wasn't sure when's the last time he was here, I think it was two years ago. Hey, I'm a shaky ho. And God performed a miracle. for agape and we're grateful and thankful if God hadn't performed that miracle he wouldn't be here tonight still preaching the word of God and because God's spirit his life and it was something that, that I never experienced to see something like that Amen, but nevertheless, God is good. Amen, I remember that day, that night. Amen, God is faithful. And, and to, to know that God is faithful, the witness is right there. So we're just grateful that he came back. He didn't get a chance where he actually preached. God preached through him and brought him back to us. So we're gonna sit prayerfully as a man of God come, suffered from Bishop Julian Johnson is gonna come from Bethesda Temple, Church of the Apostolic Faith Incorporated, Normandy, uh, Missouri.
we're just grateful and thankful that he was here. He came back. And so he's going to finish what he started two years ago. <laughs> oh, come on, Agape. He's better than that. Make you feel at home. Hallelujah to God. Just grateful and thankful and uh, appreciative unto God. And certainly we thank God for this wonderful, beautiful singers that just came and blessed us. Amen. With music, words and music as they came and blessed us. And we thank God for that. But most important, the most important thing is the hearing of God's word. Now, before I ask Suffolk Bishop, I want to almost drop that suffocate. Just Bishop Julian Johnson. Amen. I don't want to start nothing. I want to fight with nobody. Amen. But I'm going to just call him Bishop for tonight. Amen. But we want to pray. I want you all to stand with me. We want to pray for the man of God, that God would have his way with him and touch his body and give him health. Amen. We certainly are grateful and thankful that he's here with us and his driver is here with him. And we're just grateful for those that travel with him, that we certainly appreciate that. You please bow your heads with us as we pray for the man of God. Amen, just before we come and minister. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, Lord God, what this man needs right now. In the name of Jesus, I want you to give him what he stands in need of. Lift him up and bless him. Help him in the name of Jesus. Anoint him and use him. In the name of Jesus. Certainly we appreciate you, Lord, and we bless you. Cover him with your holy blood. Lift him up, build him up, and strengthen him, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Bless him, his family, his church family. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, we love you, we thank you, and we appreciate you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we receive the man of God with a loud and a heart? Amen. Bishop Julian Johnson at this time. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, I thank God for the testimonies that have gone forth in this place on the night. I thank God for the move of his spirit. I thank God that I'm standing in a room full of people who have experienced miracles. I have heard God heal people of cancer. I've heard God bring three uh, people through heart surgery. I heard God spare somebody from suicide. I heard God raise somebody up from a state of, of, of death. And, and I stand here in this pulpit having the victory because my mind went back two years ago when I was here. Yeah. 
and what the enemy tried to do. I thank God for this church. Not only will they love you to life, they will pray you back to life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I give them praise. I give them glory. Because the enemy did not try up. Come on and put your hands together and give him glory. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I give God honor for being back here in Indianapolis at Agape. And I thank God for the invitation to come back and, and worship with you all again. Uh, Bishop, I appreciate you. Such a kind man of God, a man with God's own heart. Come on, give it up for Bishop Bird. Amen. And 35 years of excellence in ministry. Amen. Those that rule well, the Bible says to give them double honor. And I certainly, I appreciate your pastor. I appreciate this church. And I thank God that I'm able to be back with you all once again. My wife sends her greetings. This time she intended on coming back with me, but I have a prayer uh, request that I'd like to lay before you all. Uh, she's doing well, but a friend of ours in Virginia had a massive heart attack, and she is due to have a heart transplant. Her name is Sister Lamika Wright. I'm going to ask that you all remember Sister Lamika Wright in prayer, and so my wife went up there to be with her best friend, and I, I, I gave her uh, my blessings to go, so that's the reason she's not here with me on this trip, but nevertheless, she does send her greetings and salutations. I thank God for Minister Brazelman with me this time, one of my armor bearers at Bethesda Temple. He is here, and we're going to go into the word of the Lord on tonight. Now, <laughs> Bishop said I'm going to finish what I started two years ago. I don't even remember what I preached two years ago. <laughs> One thing I've learned, though, about miracles, and we've heard the testimony of miracles, in order for God to perform a miracle, somebody has to be willing to be the vessel. And sometimes we want to dance and shout over the testimony, but we don't want to be the one to have to go through it. There are a lot of miracles that God has performed over the past two years, there are those who have been diagnosed with this virus that we've been struggling with, which is why we got these masks on, and, and God has healed their bodies, and he's raised them up, and we praise God for what he did, but they were the ones who had to go through it. So we want to be mindful of that, and, and we're going to talk about the, the wailing and the tribulations and the sufferings that God allows uh, to come on believers on tonight. I'm going to invite your attention to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 18. 18 through 23 and then verse 26. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption in the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain up until or until now. Verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruit of the spirit, 
even ourselves groan, pay attention to that word, within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Go down to verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We'll end our reading there. We've already prayed over God's word. It's already blessed. You may be seated. I want to use on this evening a subject, a rather unique one, groaning for glory. Groaning for glory. Most of the world, if not all of the world, is looking for brighter days. I was listening to a radio talk show a couple of days ago, and the host happens to be a comedian, and he made the comment about how stressful life has been for the majority of us. And he said the only thing he knows to do is to use comedy as a means of coping with the stress and trying to make people laugh so that they can feel better about where we are in the world today. Even society recognizes that things have drastically gotten worse. And it typically takes some type of calamity to drive people to church where they're looking for a hope. And they have questions that need answers. And in order for them to make life make sense, they realize that nothing in the world is giving them the assurance that they thought. So now people are starting to turn to God or some other type of spiritual medium, if you will. I say woe to the man whose affections are still attached to the things of this world. The man who thinks that life would be easier if I had just a little bit more. It is no stranger to us now that nations across the globe, it's not just in America, nations across the globe are facing inflation. War seems to be imminent. The stock market is not stable. The food supply is short. The labor force is short. People don't want to go back to work. Murder across America is still at an all-time high. The suicide rate is up. Divorce rates are up. And there's this false sense in the minds of people that things are going to get better. We're two years into a pandemic, and there are people who still think that one day things are going to go back to normal, to pre-pandemic days. They have a hope, not based on science, not based on what God has said in his word, but based out of their own minds and what they have imagined and think as long as they keep believing this, that somehow or another it's going to automatically happen. They don't know that the word has already told us that in the last days perilous times were going to come. Maybe they didn't read 2 Timothy chapter 3 where Paul said that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There are professed Christians who don't even believe that either things are going to go back to normal or that things are going to get better. They believe that it's going to be the way it used to be, and they are now flocking to teachers and ministries that are turning them away from the truth and are preaching to them a pie-in-the-sky gospel. Promise me a house. Promise me a car. Tell me how to live my best life now. They're not preparing people for the coming of Jesus Christ and the sufferings that Christians must endure 
during these end times. They don't want to hear that the afflictions of the righteous are many. When they read Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus says that some of you will be offended and some of you will be betrayed and some of you will be delivered up and you'll be killed and you'll be hated for my name's sake, there are many even in the church who feels that applies to somebody other than them. And as preachers, even though it is our responsibility to encourage you through the word and to build your faith up, what we cannot do is stand in this pulpit and lie to you and tell you that things are going to get better. Our message to you is that while things around you are bleak, indeed, you need to look up to the God that you serve and look forward to the hope that lies ahead. I want to talk to you this evening about what it means to groan. And then I want to talk about the types of groaning that we see referenced in the text with hopes that you don't try to take the sufferings of today and make them easier, but instead you focus on the glory that God has in store for you up the road. If you ever find yourself wailing inwardly, hoping, longing, wishing for a better day, I want you to know that that's normal. The word that is used in the text that describes those feelings is the word travail, which means the labor pangs of childbirth. It's a seasonal process that does not have a defined duration of time, but it is tedious nonetheless. It has to do with suffering and discomfort that's often accompanied with the sound of, of, of a sigh, such as a moan or, or, or a sorrow. In its proper context, our sisters in here can probably relate to it better than the brothers can because it's an utterance that comes from a place of pains, of intense labor, of childbirth. And the Bible tells us that we as humans are not the only ones who experience this, believe it or not. Let's look at the first groan this reference. Verse 19 tells us that the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And then it goes on to tell us that the whole uh, creation groaneth and travaileth and is in pain in this very moment. Everything that God created is in pain, but it didn't start off that way. When you look at everything that God created, when he finished it, the Bible says he looked at it and said, this is good. Light and darkness, land and sea, moon and sun, vegetation, the fish of the sea, the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, all of it was good. But because of man's sin, nature ended up having to suffer as well. The ground was cursed, and now vegetation came, and it grew thorns, and drought and famine now plagued the earth. Why? Because creation is travailing. When God created the sea, the Bible says he gave it boundaries so that the waters would not overstep its command. The sun was to rule by day and the moon was to give light by night. But because of sin, a, a sign of the travail upon the earth, Jesus told us that in the last days there would be strange tides. That, that would put nations in turmoil. We call them hurricanes, and we call them uh, uh, high tides, and we call them tsunamis. See, the Bible simply tells you what's going to happen. It doesn't always give you the details of how the process will play itself out. The sins of man is what has caused pollution in the air, which is a major contributor to what we know as global warming. Paul was right when he said that the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the reason why 
why certain scientists won't reveal cures to certain disease. It's the reason why we have loose gun laws in our country. It's the reason why the abortion rate is up. An average abortion costs anywhere between $750 to $1,000. Multiply that by the 742,000 abortions that take place every year, and that pans out to be a $556 million industry. The love of money is the reason why factories are producing more materials that release carbon monoxide and green gas emissions into the atmosphere, which brings me back to the point of global warming. Man's sin and his greed and his lust is the reason why ice glaciers are melting, causing rising sea levels. Just on the news earlier this week, they were talking about how in the next 30 years, coastal cities in America will be flooded out and will uh, uh, have an impact on the economy. Strange tides are the reason, ladies and gentlemen, that, that entire cities have been wiped off the map. Why? What's going on? Creation is travailing. Jesus talks about signs in the sun and in the moon, and Joel prophesied about the sun being darkened and the moon being turned into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord. Peter talks about it and reaffirms Joel's comment on the day of Pentecost when he preached to the Jews, and, and John talked about it in, in the revelation that God gave him over in Revelation 6 at the breaking of the seal. Scientists refer to those biblical prophecies as solar and lunar eclipse, and we grab our telescopes and we look at it in awe and we're mesmerized by what we see and we take pictures of it and we make comments on it online but we don't know that it's a sign that creation is travailing it's travailing mother nature as we call her is groaning because it is out of sync with how God created her to function and you cannot have peace when you are not doing what God created you to do there's a travailing going on in the earth uh, Jesus calls it the beginning of sorrows the beginning of birth pains it started off good, but it became subject to the curse of sin and longs to be set free. It longs to be in order. Even creation wants to be right with God. The next groan we see is in verse 23, and that groan has to do with the believer. Why do believers groan? The Bible says we groan because we've been given a treasure in an earthen vessel. We have a taste of heaven in this body of flesh because God has filled us with the Holy Ghost. See, before you got saved, you just went with the flow and you did what the rest of the world was doing. Now you know there's something better because you have received the Holy Ghost. Compared to eating some bland food, y'all ever had some bland food that don't have no seasoning? If it's bland and you don't have anything to compare it to, then it's all you know. But when you get you some collard greens that's got the right amount of seasoning in it and the juice is coming out of the meat and getting in the pot liquor and it tastes good and you get the right amount of macaroni and cheese that don't have enough too much salt in it and, and a sweet potato pot has got just the right amount of nutmeg in it then it's hard for you to go back to what you had because you've tasted something that's better than what you had before. There are some restaurants I've been to that have left a favorable impression in my mind because I'll never forget the standard that it set and the quality and the service and the perfection of the food. They have raised the bar in 
my mind so much that when I go anywhere else, I compare that to what I've had before. And I know we don't see salvation like that, but we should. Because after you've tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord, why would you want to go back to mediocrity? After he's cleansed your soul from guilt and sin and habits, why would you want to go back to wallowing in sin? And now the challenge for the believer is that you have the Holy Ghost, but you live in a world that is travailing around you and longs for something better because you've experienced something better. It's been revealed to you by the Spirit, and now you want it. Curiosity has gotten the best of you because you've tasted the goodness of the Lord. See, what we have right now, what we've experienced in this room, the Bible refers to it as a foretaste of glory divine. You got teased, you understand. That's why you got dressed and came in here tonight because being in here attaches you to the hope that you have outside of everything that's going on out there. Having the Holy Ghost should make you understand that there's something better. Having the Holy Ghost should make you realize that this world is not as good as it gets. Having the Holy Ghost should make you want to see Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to see him. I want to know what heaven looks like. I'm glad I can read about it, but I want to see the walls of Jasper. I want to see a street paved with gold. I want to see a river of life that flows down the center of it, a place where nothing will ever be cursed anymore. I want to see his throne, and I want to see his face to face. I want his name written on my forehead, and I want to stand before him and hear him say, Servant, well done. But until I get there, I'm stuck down here. I'm stuck in St. Louis and you stuck in Indianapolis where the streets in both cities got potholes and we got boarded up builders and liquor stores and payday loans on every corner. That's all we know. And the process can be frustrating when you know there's coming a day where sickness will be no more and you get a new body that cannot grow old or cannot die, but you ain't there yet. And until you get there, you got to deal with being sick. You got to deal with taking medication or else your sugar level is going to spike up. That's frustrating. It seems like a pipe dream, ladies and gentlemen, to know that there's a world coming where there's no sin and no pain that you deal with every day down here right now. It's frustrating as a black man to know that a routine traffic stop can be the end of my life. It's frustrating to know that the decision of a few powerful men can send us into a potential World War III and that they have the decision to divide a country and decide whether or not I get my next paycheck or not. It's scary when you see how far people's minds have gone and what they'll do in order to survive and get the upper hand. Oh, but until the Lord comes back or until we die, we have to deal with that every day. Racism slaps you in the face every day. You're threatened by a virus every day. You got to deal with the ignorance of people every day. And it's not going to get better. It's not going to vanish and disappear because you're tired of dealing with it. It's disheartening to know that it's going to worse, wax worse and worse. I would like to think that I'm not by myself. When I stand in here and say there are times I look at what's going on in the world and I just say, Jesus, will you just hurry up and come back? Anybody think like that? Lord, come on back, Jesus. Can we just be done with this? How much longer we got to be down here? What more do you want us to see? You want to know why you feel like that? Because in your soul, you're travailing and yearning for a better day. 
based on what you know about Jesus right now, you know that there's something better than this mess that we're dealing with down here on this earth. The way things are looking, I've even gotten to a place where I realize I may not get to retire. I may not get to see my grandkids grown and doing well for themselves, not because I don't want to, but because I'm ready for Jesus to come back. And I know there are those of you who are saying, well, Lord, push the pause button. You know, I haven't had my chance to live the American dream, and, and I want to see the world, and you want your slice of the pie, and you might get that, but I need for you to be okay if it doesn't happen, because at some point, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord has got to come back. See, right now, we're still waiting for our translating. We're still singing when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing it'll be, because we ain't got there yet. All you can do is hope and wait while you travail, but just like a woman who's in labor is comforted in the midst of her pain, knowing that in a matter of seconds, she'll be able to hold the baby in her hands and the pain will go away. So it is with believers who are comforted in their suffering by knowing that there's a hope that lies ahead. My question to you this evening, Agape, is what are you hoping for? What are you looking forward to in this life? Oh, because I'm trying to get you to understand. After you get the new car, then what? After you get the new house, then what? After you get married, then what? After the promotion, then what? I'm trying to get you to expect something greater down the road because if you don't have something greater in front of you other than stuff, you will remain depressed. More stuff is not going to make you happy. Another husband is not going to make you happy. The grandkids coming to visit is not going to make you happy. I can almost promise you the majority of the people who are depressed in this life are depressed about the stuff that's going on down here that's tied to this world. A career, a relationship that went bad, messed up plans that didn't go the way that they expected, some type of loss, saints of the most high God. This life will continue to erode, decay, and fade away if you keep living. You are going to lose some things. You will lose some friendships. You will lose some jobs. You will lose some money. You will lose time. You will lose your hair. You will lose your teeth. Your body will lose elasticity. You will lose agility. You will lose muscle mass. That's called life. The things of this life will perish. But I don't care what you lose while you're down here. Don't allow what you lose to destroy the hope that lies ahead in Christ Jesus. you got to learn to wear this world like a loose garment or it'll drive you crazy. But if your affections are set on things above, if your hopes are built on things eternal, if you travail, then no matter what life throws at you, you'll be able to bounce back from it. Look at somebody with your mask on and just tell them, hold on a little while longer. I can't tell you when he's coming back, but I know he's coming. Uh, I know the road is rough and I know the going gets tough and I know sometimes the hills are hard to climb. Oh, but he that shall come will come, and it won't tarry long. Current persecutions cannot last forever. Christ is going to return, ladies and gentlemen, and at some point, he's going to set things in order. He's going to make the crooked places straight. Temporary sufferings always give way to eternal glory. Jesus even understood that. That's why he said in the word, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. He had to go through a process of suffering 
suffering before he could be seated at the right hand of his father. Tell somebody, I know you tired, but you got this, baby. You got it. I know you probably feel defeated, oh, but just remind them you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you on today. I can travail and I can moan, I can sigh, and I can be in distress. Oh, but the hope of knowing that the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. He is my help. He is my way. And he is my strong tower. Oh, come on and put your hands together and bless him just a little bit. So, Johnson, what, what do we do? What do we do while we're going through this process of wailing and travailing and wars and rumors of wars and inflation and make you feel some kind of way. Gas is going up. That'll make you feel some kind of way. You go to the grocery store and they jacked up the price of eggs. That'll make you feel some kind of way. Milk don't even cost what it used to. I bought a pack of chicken wings for the Super Bowl, $22 and some change just to fry some chicken. Everything's going up. It's heavy. What do we do, Johnson? Do we just wait and put life on hold until Jesus comes back? No. The Bible says occupy until he comes. You want to get married? Go on and get married. Get you some counseling before you do it, but go on and get married. Just know that God is not going to put his will on hold because you got plans. He's not going to delay his coming, saints, because you haven't checked everything off of your bucket list yet. Uh, just know that he's coming. Husband or no husband, he's coming. Kids or no kids, he's coming. If you never get to retire, he's coming. If you never get to finish your degree, he's coming. And that's something you need to look forward to. The only folk that ain't excited about it is the ones who ain't ready. That's how you survive the travailing of the times that we're in. You cast your eyes forward. The solution is not to look back at the good old days and try to relive them. The, relution, the solution is to look forward. That's called hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. The Bible says, for if a man sees it, then why does he yet hope for it? That there's a yearning going on in the hearts of people. There's a longing for better days. People are tired. The suicide rate is up because people are tired. Even on the way here in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, we stopped in a little diner to get something to eat, and my armor bearer uh, uh, was uh, overheard. The ladies in the bench behind us talking, and one talking about how she kept crying and I missed the conversation because I got up but when I came back he said pastor we need to pray for this woman right here her 10 year old daughter tried to commit suicide that just happened a couple hours ago while we were on the way here people are tired they're having nervous breakdowns because they're tired they're giving up on the faith and walking away from the promises of God because it hasn't come to pass yet there's a groaning going on there's a groaning Folk are leaving the church because they're groaning, they're tired. Folk are turning their back on God because they're groaning. Oh, but the good news on tonight is that you don't have to groan alone because there's another groaning reference in the text, and this groaning comes from the Spirit. The Spirit maketh intercession for you. 
with groanings that cannot be uttered. This is when the work, ladies and gentlemen, of the Holy Ghost becomes realized in your life. When your spirit is heavy and when you don't know what to do, you're more prone, understand, to react out of your emotions than the will of God because you're human before you're a saint. Always know that about Christians. People are people before they're anything else. If you startle them, they will jump because they're human. If they lose a loved one, they will cry because they're human. If you inflict pain, they're going to react because they're human. If I walk up to any one of you in this sanctuary tonight and slap you in your face, I promise you your immediate response is not going to be, Lord, what is your will for this situation and how should I handle what the elder just did to me? Because your humanity is going to kick in first. When life overwhelms you and depresses you and grabs hold of you, the Bible says you don't know how to pray. Now, that's an insult to those of us who consider ourselves prayer warriors. But the Bible says you don't know how to pray except the Spirit helps you out. And we don't like it when there are things that we don't know. We don't like it when people ask us questions and the answer is, I don't know, because we feel like that makes us look ignorant. In fact, some people will make up something instead of, instead of just admitting that they don't know, they'll make something up to compensate for it. But sometimes life can be so uncertain that you don't know how to pray. Lord, should we keep wearing masks or should we take them off? Should I move out of town or should I stay where I am? Lord, should I stay in the relationship or should I get a divorce? And the reason we don't know how to pray in our, in our finite minds, as sophisticated as we are and as intellectual as we are and as educated as we are, is because we still don't have enough information. Oh, but thank God for the intercessor who knows what we don't know. An intercessor who knows how to speak with groanings that amount to wordless groanings. And you need him to groan because if you pray out of your feelings, you're going to mess something up. If you pray based on what you feel, somebody's going to end up dead. If you pray what you feel and God answers that prayer, somebody's going to get hurt because of the weakness of our humanity. The Bible calls it infirmities. If you don't have some help when you pray, then you will be manipulative and you will treat prayer like witchcraft in order for you to skillfully and cunningly get what you want. Oh, but the Holy Ghost knows how to search the heart. The Holy Ghost knows how to get down in the cracks and the crevices and intercede with prayer so that you can stay in the will of God, so that you can your prayers won't be hindered, so that you don't get beside yourself. You don't know the mind of God, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, but thank God that the Holy Ghost does. When you can't get to your prayer partner, when you can't get to your pastor, when you can't get to the mothers of the church, the Spirit will make intercession for you. When nobody's picking up the phone, when folk don't feel like hearing your drama, the Holy Ghost will make intercession for you. When you're caught between a rock and a hard place, when the pain goes deep and you're at a loss for words, the Holy Ghost will make intercession for you. You don't need a daily horoscope when you got an intercessor. You don't need a crystal ball. 
when you got an intercessor. You don't need to smoke this and drink that when you got an intercessor. You got to learn how to use what you got. When your feelings get the best of you, you got an intercessor. When the shout is over, you got an intercessor. When the church doors are closed, you got an intercessor. When you want to talk and ain't nobody picking up the phone, you got an intercessor. When you don't know what words to say, you got a Holy Ghost that will make groans on your behalf and he'll share the burden with you. Oh, that's why the Bible calls him the paraclete, you understand? He's the helper, the one who comes alongside. Jesus did it with Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desire that he may have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Oh, but I prayed for you that your faith won't fail. I prayed for you. I ran interference on your behalf. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He runs interference on your behalf so that you won't be taken out of this world, but so that you'll be kept from the evil. He prayed that your faith won't fail. Hear me, children of God. He did not pray that Peter wouldn't get sifted. What he prayed is that when the sifting comes, that your faith won't fail. He's not going to pray that you'll be taken out of the world just yet, but he will pray that your faith won't fail so that you won't become weary and well to it. The Spirit makes intercession, ladies and gentlemen, with groans and moans while you travail so that you can keep the faith. And that's what I want to encourage you on tonight. When you go home and turn it on CNN, when you go home and watch MSNBC and you see the invasion of Russia and Ukraine and you see gas prices going up, I want to encourage you that you got help to travail with you through the process until the Lord comes back. And until he comes back, keep the faith. You might get lonely, but keep the faith. You might get sick, but keep the faith. You might have to move back in with your mama, but keep the faith. Your child might become another hashtag, but keep the faith. We might end up in a another war. Oh, but the goal of the Spirit interceding on your behalf is so that your faith won't fail. And because the Spirit is interceding with moans and groans on your behalf, that means when you're tried with fire, you're guaranteed to come out as pure gold. He's interceding and groaning so that you can keep looking up. You can't stop the suffering, ladies and gentlemen, from coming into your life, but you can look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You got so much help on your side that the writer starts off telling you, he starts off telling you that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So let me ask you a question. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why are you depressed? Why are you hanging your head down? Why are you singing the blues? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance. Change your focus. Set your affections on things above. Build your hopes on things eternal. Because there's coming a day when the groans and the wails and the crying will lead you to glory. And then you'll be able to say, cares all pass. Home at last ever to rejoice. You'll be able to say my soul look back and wonder how I made it over if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. At some point that can no longer just be a soul. It's got to happen. It's going to happen. What do you see when you look at the world? You see groaning. Uh-huh. You see labor pains. That's what you see. Turn it on the evening news this night. What you gonna see? Groaning. You gonna see labor pains. You gonna see signs and wonders in the atmosphere. 
Uh-huh, they're predicting another a red moon coming and another solar eclipse coming. Ah, groan, stress, a need for relief, a desire to be set free. Oh, but for the true believer, ah, it's a sigh of hope, ladies and gentlemen. It's pain, but it's pain with a purpose. When a woman in labor understands that her pain has an expected end attached to it, and she's not going through this for nothing, she's able to rejoice because of the hope that lies ahead. I know we have endured a lot over these past two years. And it's going to be some more up the road. But you got a comforter on your side. You got help in the midnight hour. Our sufferings today only guarantee that much more glory when Jesus returns. There's coming a day, saints, where we get to hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful sir. You've been faithful over few things. You, you fought a good fight. You got knocked down sometimes, but you kept fighting. You kept the faith. You finished your course. And therefore, it's laid up for you an eternal crown and glory with your name on it. There's a groaning in the earth that leads us to the glory that is to come. And that's my message to this house on this evening. As you groan, look forward to the hope that lies ahead. God bless you. Come on, put your hands together and thank God for the word today. These are tough times that we're living in, times of groaning, but how many are thankful they got some help on today? Hey Amen. This isn't something we just conjured up. This hasn't been fabricated, but this is a real promise that's been made to you and your children and all those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. You can get the Holy Ghost on tonight. You can get some help on tonight. Somebody that knows what I'm talking about, knows about the advocate, the comforter, the help that can only come from the Holy Ghost. Can I hear from you on today? Give God some praise. Amen. If you're in a hard job, doing a tough job, and I came alongside of you, and I wanted to help you out. Why wouldn't you take some help? Amen. When you're walking this, this way, this, this trouble, through these troubled times, through these dark days, difficult moments, why don't you get some help for this life that you're living in? Amen. You can't do this on your own. You're going to need the Savior. You need the Lord on tonight. I'm going to ask our ministers to come, and I'm going to ask everybody in the room to go ahead and stand with me right now. Make room for somebody to come down to this altar to receive salvation on tonight. Maybe there's somebody on your road that doesn't have the Holy Ghost, hasn't had their sins washed away in the name of Jesus. We invite you to come to this altar. This is a free gift on tonight. Nobody's going to take your money on tonight. You can come down and freely receive this wonderful gift. Amen. This is a, 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 an opportunity that you ought to seize this moment right here. Amen. What you can, uh, the decision that you make tonight can be a life-changing decision. Amen, somebody. Somebody that went to a meeting one night, your heart wasn't right, amen, but thank God the Holy Ghost got a hold of you and he changed your life, amen. If somebody wants to be restored tonight or maybe somebody just needs prayer on tonight, amen, you need to have, you need to, somebody just to touch and agree with you on tonight, going through troubled times, times of groaning, amen. Things not working out. It doesn't seem like all things are working out right now, but you just need somebody just to touch and agree with you on tonight. Amen. We can have one of these ministers pray the prayer of faith over you. Amen. 
and God can move in your situation. Thank you, Jesus. Come on down to the altar and get some prayer on tonight. Don't go home without receiving the prayer that you need on tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Is there one tonight for salvation tonight? Amen. Somebody be baptized in Jesus' name. Somebody that wants prayer on tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's uh, draw our attention to this. He's at the altar tonight. Amen. And reach our hands forward. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. For these in the room right now, brother gathered at the altar and all that are around the room, Lord, you know each individual and what they're going through and what they're experiencing. God, I'm asking you to give them the help that they need, Lord, tonight. I pray, God, for all those that are filled with the Holy Ghost that they recognize that they're not in this thing alone. I pray that as they go back into their respective places that they would know that you're with them, Lord, through it all, through every moment, God. I pray that they